Do you struggle with occasional nerve aches in your hands or feet? Try Nervive Nerve Relief from the world's number one nerve care company. Nervive tablets contain alpha-lipoic acid to relieve nerve aches, weakness, and discomfort, plus B-complex vitamins to support healthy nerve function as you age. Live life with less nerve discomfort with Nervive Nerve Relief. Learn more at NerviveHealth.com. And try Nervive Pain Relieving Cream to block nerve pain signals at the source. Use as directed. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host used to train professional boxers. Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Bobby Rossi. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Republican Conference, I rise today to nominate the gentleman from California, Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House to lead America's new Republican majority. Madam Clerk, I rise today at the direction of the House Democratic Caucus to place into nomination for election to the position of Speaker of the House of Representatives, the pride of Brooklyn, Hakeem Jeffries of New York. The names of the Honorable Kevin McCarthy, a representative-elect from the state of California, and the Honorable Hakeem Jeffries, a representative-elect from the state of New York, have been placed in nomination. Are there further nominations? No more nominations, and Kevin McCarthy was elected on the first ballot, and all is said and done, easy peasy. No problem. I don't problem. think you watched the news. Oh, oh, I did I did I stop watching I think you got too it early? Wrong. Yes. Oh, okay. Like that game. You mean I should wait and see if Paul Gosar stands up? I'm clerk. There is. The gentleman from Arizona is recognized. America knows that Washington is broken. The power doesn't reside in the speaker. It doesn't in the majority leader, nor the minority leader, nor the whips. The power resides in we, the people, the people who entrusted us here each individual member, to represent their district, their state, and the federal government. Washington's broken. We're the last ones to know. Paul Gosar stands up, at, not surprisingly, okay, Paul Gosar from Arizona stands up and says, I'd like to put up Andy Biggs, also from my state. So now we have three. And you don't actually have to be officially nominated, I guess. You can just vote for anybody. It doesn't work that way. But 
it's kind of the formality. So then they go to the voting. And let me tell you, there has never been anything quite so slow as oral voice roll call voting in the House of Representatives. Adams. Adam Lee. Jeffries. Adderholt. Adamson. Bueller. <laughs> McCarthy. Aguilar. So this is how it goes. She calls a name. They respond. Sometimes they embellish a little bit. Sometimes they don't. And then over the course of the next 434, just like that, like 40 minutes worth, <laughs> they, they, um, they have a vote. And in that vote, the tellers agree in their tallies that the total number of votes cast is 434, of which the Honorable Hakeem Jeffries of the state of New York has received 212. All right, so 434, that means you still need 400, uh, 218 to win because half is 217 plus one makes a majority. Matt Gates voted for Andy Biggs in the first round, not for Kevin McCarthy. The Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California has received 203. So if you're keeping track, that means the guy who's supposed to win because Republicans have the majority is actually not up four, but down nine, 212 to 203. He lost, although he didn't lose because there wasn't a majority for uh, Hakeem Jeffries. But still, what were the other votes? The Honorable Andy Biggs of the state of Arizona has received 10. The Honorable Jim Jordan of the state of Ohio has received six. And he didn't even get nominated. The Honorable Jim Banks of the state of Indiana has received one. We call that a write-in. The Honorable Lee Zeldin of the state of New York has received one. Another write-in. The Honorable Byron Donalds of the state of Florida has received one. All right, so 212, 203, 10, 6, 111. <laughs> so no consensus. No persons having received a majority of the whole number of votes cast by surname, a speaker has not been elected. So what do we do? Following the procedure used by the House in 1923 and recorded in Canon's Precedent, Volume 6, Section 24, the clerk is prepared to direct the reading clerk to call a roll anew. Try it again! Round 2. Jim Jordan, who got six votes in the first round of voting, though he did not uh, receive a, an official recommendation, says... For what purpose does the gentleman from Ohio seek recognition? It's Ohio, I by the way. to nominate Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. So Jim Jordan says Kevin McCarthy. All right. Well, what now? And he talks about the priorities for the American people of the border, of military, of energy, education, spending, controlling inflation, debt, stop weaponizing the government against the people, never ever let the $1.7 trillion uh, spending bill happen again, and allow investigations and oversight the way Congress is supposed to operate. You know, the kind of things that Republicans want, because Jim Jordan is a good, solid Republican. And he makes this plea. He says, And fight for these key things, these three things. That's, that's what the people want us to do. And I think Kevin McCarthy is the right guy to lead us. I really do, or I wouldn't be standing up here giving this speech. Because? Joyce and Jordan or Biggs and Bacon, they pale in comparison to the differences between us and the left, which now unfortunately controls 
the other party. Meaning that there's more difference between us and them than between us and us. So let's stop this bickering and get down to having a speaker. He says Kevin McCarthy. All right. So Pete Aguilar, who kind of mocks him and gets scolded for it. Pete Aguilar is the Democrat who put up Hakeem Jeffries, the leader of the Democrat conference. Thank you, Madam Clerk. We're witnessing history here today. I wasn't for half of that. I wasn't quite sure who the gentleman from Ohio was nominating. He was nominating himself. And is the gentleman rising to place a name and nomination? Ah. I am. I, I am, Madam Clerk. I love it I when am. the clerk scolds you for being smart, Alecky. <laughs> That's good. And then the surprise. For what purpose does the gentleman from Florida rise? To nominate a candidate for Speaker of the House. The gentleman is recognized. Well, Matt sometimes Gates. we have to do jobs that we don't really want to do. And sometimes we have to do jobs that we are called to do. And so, my colleagues, I rise to nominate the most talented, hardest working member of the Republican conference who just gave a speech with more vision than we have ever heard from the alternative. I'm nominating Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is humble. And he goes on to explain how, look, Jim Jordan doesn't want it, isn't beholden for it, didn't pay people off with political expectations to get the job as speaker. Right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who wants it so bad. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who has sold shares of themselves for more than a decade to get it. Maybe Jim Jordan is the right person for Speaker of the House because he is not beholden to the lobbyists and special interests who have corrupted this place and corrupted this nation under the leadership of both Republicans and Democrats. He says, look, we want to put a vote on the House floor for a balanced budget. We want to put a, a vote on the House floor for term limits. We want to put a vote on the House floor for the Texas representative's plan for border security. And Kevin McCarthy said no, no, no to all three of those. He came forward in a uh, press conference, a brief press conference after the voting yesterday and said this. And he said it on the floor also. So it's not like they were saying we're never, ever going to support McCarthy. Just we have conditions. And here's our conditions. Do this stuff and we're willing to support you. McCarthy said no. Gates at all said, OK, also no. And they voted against. And in this case, they voted for Jordan because what happened in this round of voting was 212 for Hakeem Jeffries, all Dems held, 203 for Kevin McCarthy, same Republicans held for McCarthy, and then all 19 of the alternates went for Jim Jordan. So Andy Biggs got zero votes, but Jim Jordan got 19. Again, after Matt leading the rebellion said vote for Jim Jordan, who does not want the job. He only wants to be the uh, House Judiciary Chair. So they come back around for a third round of voting. And once again, you have 434 votes cast. Hakeem Jeffries gets 212. McCarthy loses a vote. Byron Donalds of Florida swaps his vote from McCarthy over to Jim Jordan, and you get 20 for Jordan. The Honorable Jim Jordan of the state of Ohio has received 20. At which point, there's no speaker. No person having received the majority of the whole number of votes cast by surname a for what purpose does the gentleman from Oklahoma rise? Move to adjourn until noon tomorrow. The question is on the motion. The question is on the motion. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All those opposed, no. All those opposed, no. The parliamentarians whisper into her what to say. The ayes have it. The motion is adopted. The House stands adjourned, stands adjourned until noon tomorrow. So we'll do it all again today, starting at the same time, with no end in sight. 11 o'clock our time. That's right. Very good. Because the it's likely that the same votes would hold for McCarthy and obviously for Jeffries. 
and for anybody other than McCarthy. So what are they going to do? Well, like I told you yesterday, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this ends. Somebody's going to have to make a deal, switch their votes, make a choice, do something different. That's it. Or we'll go back to 1923 and we'll be waiting a couple of months. Or the 1800s is the longest one with like 133 votes uh, and uh, for two months. And they never, I mean, it took them forever, like Civil War era. So we'll see. We'll see. The ones who are against McCarthy have good reason to be against McCarthy. If I'm, if I'm in Congress, I'm voting for Jim Jordan. I don't want McCarthy to speak here either. I, I'm, he, Jim Jordan would be a fantastic speaker. And it, it would really make a difference in the things that the House, Repub- House of Representatives does. It would definitely make a difference. I would take the deal that they offered Kevin McCarthy and vote for McCarthy if he would do these things on the floor, but he was unwilling to do that. Why? Because he's unwilling to follow the basic plan of what Republicans want to do. So we'll see. 437-1620. Meanwhile, here we have Tornado uh, Watch. That's the lower level one. The, the stupidest naming system that, that's ever. That's right now, right? The Tornado Watch, which means be aware. And then we ha- until 11 o'clock for our area. And then a severe thunderstorm warning for our area. Now, this storm. Until 630. Thank you. Right. Is right now the the. We're about halfway through the storm of its entire east-to-west width in uh, Escambia County. Uh, the eastern half of both counties right now is kind of getting hammered. And then in a, I would say within the hour, it's probably going to pass us by for the most part. The worst part of it right now is on the line between Escambia and Santa Rosa County moving east at a pretty good clip. And so, you know, we'll see a lot of that pass us by over the next hour or two, I would think, maybe a little bit less than that. I'm Andrew McKay. Do you struggle with occasional nerve aches in your hands or feet? Try Nervive Nerve Relief from the world's number one nerve care company. Nervive tablets contain alpha-lipoic acid to relieve nerve aches, weakness, and discomfort, plus B-complex vitamins to support healthy nerve function as you age. Live life with less nerve discomfort with Nervive Nerve Relief. Learn more at NerviveHealth.com. And try Nervive Pain Relieving Cream to block nerve pain signals at the source. Use as directed. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade, 11 to 1. After Pap Talk with Jenna Barr on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I should like to make one thing quite clear once and for all. I am not out of sorts. I am in a perfectly equable mood. I do not require being made to feel better. She would never say where she came from. Yesterday don't matter 
if it's gone while the sun is bright you, you kind of have to let it get to the hook I think I mean, it's wrong of me to not let the Rolling no Stones play out I can't believe they wrote the song about the restaurant but I get it it's wild right before it even existed amazing precognition And by the way, the restaurant's not going anywhere. Uh, Five forty-five here on News Radio ninety-two-three. Oh, can I can I tell you? It's, I don't know if this is a funny story or not, but I found it funny at the time. I was playing softball in our church league. Okay. This is God thirty years, not quite twenty years ago. And um, I was batting, and I don't remember the specifics, but somehow or other, uh, you know, the catcher had called what was going to happen before it happened. Something like you know, oh, somebody sure. made one of those things, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh man, he's precognitive." And the catcher's like, what? I'm like, uh, he knows things in advance. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, when you know a lot of words, sometimes the right words come out. And then you realize, oh, man, not everybody knows these words. <laughs> now I have to be condescending. And that means when I talk down to you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be like, you know, a snob or anything. I was just like, I was embarrassed for my own quick reaction with the word that probably isn't the word that. You know, because lang- uh, communi- language is about communication. And Absolutely. so you want to use the words people will understand. 526, uh, Candy's got, tra- not traffic, but uh, weather? A news? Something? Um, I have news, and I will tell you, as far as traffic goes, we're going to keep an eye on the roads this morning and yeah. certainly this hour. Airport in 29 showing an accident, but no roadblock this morning. Uh, I wouldn't go on graffiti. I wouldn't go under Graffiti Bridge. I don't know if it's flooded, but the standard places that flood, like on Burgess, there's this little That's dip right. that always floods before sure. the Circle K. Ninth Avenue. It was already yeah. flooded this morning, so I just would Ooh. avoid those flooded areas. Yeah, if I was a betting woman. Uh, suspect in the Idaho stabbing murders is waiving extradition from Pennsylvania. Uh, Brian Koberger appeared in court Tuesday after being arraigned on Friday. Judge in the case ordered him to be handed over to Idaho uh, authorities within 10 days. And last night, Idaho judge issued a gag order blocking attorneys and investigators on both sides from discussing the case so we're not going to have any new information i'm yeah it's such a sad thing but i want to know what happened how they found him students in philly uh public schools back in class with a requirement that they wear masks after the holiday season of social gathering and increased exposure to respiratory illnesses the mask mandate in effect as of today be kept in place and this is in philly for the next two weeks as school officials aim to reduce the spread of covid19 flu and rsv and the mega billions jackpot is getting back up to near a billion dollars nobody won the jackpot last night which was worth 785 million as a result the jackpot is rolling over to the next drawing on Friday, it'll be worth $940 million, making it the sixth biggest lottery jackpot ever. But be sure to check your numbers from Tuesday's night. Ten of those tickets are worth at least a million dollars. And hey, those are your headlines. All right. Thanks so much, Candy. 528 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, um, doctors, uh, cardiac specialists have been weighing in on the DeMar Hamlin case and trying to give some perspective on how can an extraordinarily healthy otherwise, you would think, uh, NFL superstar or, you know, safety. I mean, he's a starting player for the NFL. Uh, why, you know, why would he be subject to something like a cardiac arrest, which you would think would be only something that people who already have serious conditions? Um, well, wh- there's a couple of different possibilities. I was reading about this, and they're all weird. I mean, they're all, like, super rare, unlucky kinds of situations. Like, apparently, in between heartbeats, there's about a five-millisecond point in time you know, five one thousandths of a second, which is it. It was that was like twenty. I mean, like it's you, there's such a tiny amount of time you can't. It's hard to comprehend um, that if somebody got hit near their heart, right in that time frame, something could happen. You say, well, why doesn't this happen more often? Because it's it's 
the, it's such a small period of time. You have to hit, get hit just in the right way to kind of shock the heart into misbehaving. You know, one millisecond before or after and that wouldn't have happened is, you know, one theory about this. Um, another is that when the head goes back and forth, kind of snapping, ping-ponging sort of effect, which did happen in this case, um, you could have adrenaline release. And because of the adrenaline release, it might trigger the heart to go into an um, what's called a ventric- ventricular fibrillation or a chaotic rhythm. That's another possibility. And there was another one that I frankly didn't exactly understand. Um, it was much more having to do with a rip in the aorta, apparently, that could also have been an issue. But in any case, CPR is the right solution for all of these. And so we don't really know. And this is all speculation. But, you know, it, it's still hard to comprehend that this happened really to a you know extraordinarily healthy player. And it was... It, one of them they were saying is unlikely because he wouldn't really have the ability to stand up and then fall down. But again, just, you know, speculation by people who know an awful lot more about how the body works than I do for sure. 5.30 on News Radio 92.3. Again, tornado watch under effect till 11 o'clock for both counties. Severe thunderstorm warning. Uh, you know, same time period. Candle have local news coming up next right after Fox. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. There's a stalemate in the House with a new Republican majority unable to agree on a House speaker. Republican leader Kevin McCarthy fell short on three consecutive votes, losing by day's end 20 rank-and-file Republicans. A fourth round of voting is expected to get underway at noon, the first time in a century a second day of voting is needed. Fox's Jared Halpern. The man accused of murdering four University of Idaho students, Brian Koberger, agrees to be sent back to Idaho from Pennsylvania, his home state where he was arrested last week. His lawyer, confident he will be exonerated and called the suspect, quote, just an ordinary guy. Now authorities have 10 days to get Koberger back to Idaho, where he faces four counts of first-degree murder. Fox Jackie Abanez, more details about that case were expected to be shared once Koberger, uh, Koberger appears in court in Idaho. Investigators have not said anything yet about a possible motive. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 72 and raining in Pensacola. I'm Candy for News Radio 92.3. Under a tornado watch and a severe thunderstorm warning, Brooke Richardson will have the latest for us coming up. Across the state line, police in Robertsdale say a 38-year-old man set fire to a home with the goal of killing six people inside New Year's Day. Marlon Pinata. And Marado uh, is facing first-degree arson charge as well as six counts of attempted murder. Investigators say he set mattresses on fire and then put a bungee cord on the front door to help uh, keep six people trapped inside. Police arrived at the home on Precious Drive. Two people were seen breaking a window trying to escape. 73-year-old woman was treated for smoke inhalation. Man with a rap sheet longer than a children's book is back behind bars in Santa Rosa County after deputies found over 70 grams of fentanyl last Tuesday during a traffic stop. He is a frequent flyer with us. Matter of fact, he's a frequent flyer with everyone. This is his rap sheet right here. So he's got 78 pages Ooh. and he's just not getting a picture. Speaking with Channel 3, Sheriff Bob Johnson says 42-year-old Jeremy Dolan facing multiple charges including drug trafficking and meth and fentanyl, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and other stuff. He remains held on a $342,000 bond. A second man, 44-year-old Jeremiah Hamilton, was charged with resisting arrest and drug possession. He's free after posting $2,000 bond. Six-part series set to stream on NBC Peacock, holding an open casting call this weekend. It's sacred, and it premiered as a movie in November. It's going to continue as a series, with all the filming being done 
right here in Pensacola. It's being created and directed by local filmmaker Elrico Tunstall. And a casting call will be this Saturday, 10 to 6. It's at the Cobb Center on East Mallory Street. Anyone interested should provide a resume and headshot and premiere um, a dramatic monologue no longer than two minutes. man who drove his Tesla off a 300-foot cliff on Monday said he did so on purpose. Authorities revealed that the driver was attempting to kill both himself and his family. The driver, his wife, and their two children all miraculously survived the fall and were taken to a local hospital in varying conditions. The two children, aged four and nine, had only moderate injuries, and they are expected to be okay. The driver and his wife were both in critical condition but have since been stabilized. The man is being arrested and is going to face attempted murder and child abuse charges when he's released from the hospital. I'm Mark Mayfield. Golden Globes announcing the presenters for this year's awards show. Among those presenting include uh, Anna de Armas, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Billy Porter, Quentin Tarantino, and Tracy Morgan. Nominees expected to be in attendance include Austin Butler and Steven Spielberg. Golden Globes take place on January 10th. And a survey shows that seeking therapy is the top New Year's resolution in most states. Seeking therapy tops the list in 12 states, followed by losing weight in eight states. Among the states where therapy is the most popular resolution are Arizona, Florida, Missouri, and New York. The survey was conducted by Zipia, an online job search agency. I'm Brian Shook. Here's a look at our area forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Temperatures will be cooling after the rain moved through earlier this morning. High today near 76 degrees, but temperatures fall throughout the afternoon and into the nighttime. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 53. For Thursday, we're going to have plenty of sunshine with a high near 68 degrees. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 44 and sunny weather will round out the work week with your high on Friday near 65 with mostly sunny skies. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Uh, we're under tornado watch and severe thunderstorm warning. 72 Pensacola, 72 Gulf Breeze, 73 in Milton. Our next news happens at 6 a.m. with breaking news anytime. Candy for News Radio 92.3 Informative, Local, Dependable. Pep Talk with Jenna Barr. Mornings at 9. We're talking best things covered in chocolate. Okay, chocolate covered cherries. Oh, yeah. Somebody says here, oh my goodness, thinking of the giant soft pretzel from Meguiar's and a chocolate fountain for decadent dipping. Leveled up. We have leveled up, my friend. You are, what, you're like the barefoot Contessa. On News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. What's fun and happening in Pensacola? You'll find out as the City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation Department talks about it here on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Join us each month as we detail what's going on in your resource centers, parks, recreation programs, and at the Community Maritime Park. It's a great month to get out and play Pensacola. Tune in this Friday morning at 9.30. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Hi, I'm Candy Cullerton. I am the producer for Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay, and we wish you a very, very happy new year from all of us at News Radio 92.3. Here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Again, under a severe thunderstorm 
uh, warning for our basically our area. We are right now in Escambia County. Is basically in a pocket in the storm where nothing's going on. Santa Rosa County is just covered by storm. But this storm is moving pretty quickly past us to the east. We are officially under a tornado watch until 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, I'm just telling you, based on the way the storm is working, it looks like that's going to be all over within the next probably hour or so would be my guess. Yesterday, we had a chance to talk to, he's not new, okay? He's been there for a little while, uh, but the first time we've had him on the show, the superintendent of the Gulf Islands National Seashore, Daryl Eccles. Superintendent, welcome to the Pensacola Morning News for the first time. Good morning, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So you've been there for a, a year and a half. Is that about right? Just about. Officially started July of uh, last year, uh, 2021, and so now we're into January 23, so it's just a little over 18 months. Very good. And so you basically took over the seashore not that long after Sally. I mean, you were still in the recover from Sally mode, I assume. Is that right? Yes, sir, we were. We still have a few projects that are on that are uh, still in the works as a result of Sally, but I did. I came in after Hurricane Sally. So one of the things, I know one of the reasons that we wanted to talk with you today is uh, you're going to be doing a kind of a, I, I would tend to call it a town hall, but it's more of a virtual meeting coming up on Thursday that the public can participate in. Is that right? Yes, sir. We have a public meeting at 5 o'clock on Thursday um, to discuss our fire management program here at Gulf Islands National Seashore. We have a couple of prescribed burns scheduled uh, in the next couple of months here at Naval Live Oaks and Gulf Breeze, as well as our district uh, in Mississippi at the Davis Bayou District. And, you know, this is one of those things, and that is not the only place where there are burns. Obviously, there's burns up on Garson Point and elsewhere, but um, it's one of those things where people always seem to be caught off guard by it. And typically, when we see the smoke, we assume that's what's going on, but sometimes it's not. Is there any way, and I, I assume this is probably what you're going to talk about on Thursday, that you guys can give us just a little bit more advance notice? And I know sometimes conditions make it hard to tell because, you know, it's right up into the day when the wind and everything else. But um, I would love to be able to tell people in the morning, hey, there's going to be a prescribed burn today. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Absolutely, Andrew. We want to make sure that we get the message out to the public as soon as we can. There, is, uh, there are some driving factors as to whether we can have a prescribed burn or not. Mostly it's driven by weather, uh, but it's also driven by availability of resources, people, and equipment. Sure. If all that lines up, we sometimes have a couple of days, maybe three days of notice. Sometimes it's the day of or the day before. Either way, we will get that message out to you and others to say, hey, we're going to have a prescribed burn today or tomorrow, so people can feel uh, informed so they don't get caught off guard and surprised. Yeah, there, there's nothing quite like that feeling of looking up into the horizon and seeing a giant cloud of smoke and wondering, is that on purpose? <laughs> you know, because yes. we understand the role of the prescribed burn and it's very routine, but, you know, uh, when they're not, that's obviously, or when, and they do sometimes get out of hand, um, obviously we're trying to avoid that. But anyway, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is the ferry service and pardon me for not exactly knowing. I feel like I've not kept up the way I should. At one point, the ferry was obviously running out to Pensacola Beach, to the Sound Side, and then also running out to Fort Pickens. But by my recollection, it was kind of running intermittently out to the beach after the pier was repaired, but it has not been running to Fort Pickens. Am I right about that? That's correct, Andrew. The uh, ferry pier at Fort Pickens was damaged as a result of Hurricane Sally. That's one of the projects we currently have underway uh, to make long-term permanent repairs. But we did make some temporary repairs to the, fe- to the ferry pier. 
Uh, the ferry has been running from downtown Pensacola to Pensacola Beach for the vast majority of last season, which starts around March, ends around November. Uh, when Quiet Water Pier was damaged as a result of the crane, the ferry wasn't able to run to Pensacola Beach for a period of time. They will be running starting this season to Fort Pickens as well as Pensacola Beach. Lord willing, and the creek doesn't rise, they'll be able to run the entire season without any disruption by weather. Okay, so the, so the, um, uh, the dock at Fort Pickens is repaired or is functional, or what's the status of that? We made some temporary repairs late last summer uh, in order to make the pier functional for the ferry. Uh, a long-term repair is in the works with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. That project is currently in planning and construction design. Uh, we hope to get that project underway sometime later this year and finish it up by the fall. But in the interim, the ferry will still be able to run to Fort Pickens. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. Um, obviously, this past weekend, we had a uh, basically a concern about flooding. And so I was not here in town, but my perception was that there was an anticipated high rate of rainfall late Friday night, and you guys announced that you were closing the park and, you know, campers had to leave. But then it didn't really manifest. Um, I, I don't know. It, at a distance, it seemed like maybe a little bit too cautionary. But you tell me what was going on. So we have uh, – there's been a lot of concerns with Fort Pickens Road. Uh, everybody that lives in the community has experienced that from Hurricane Ivan through today. Sure. The uh, – Coastal erosion, the environmental changes, and everything have put Fort Pickens Road at a greater risk today than they have than it has been in the past. Um, and unfortunately, weather is what weather is. You know, we don't really know exactly what's going to happen or what may or may not occur. However, we were in contact this last weekend, uh, leading into the weekend, with the National Weather Service, getting spot forecasts for Fort Pickens Road. The, based on the weather forecast for us, not the broader regional forecast, we were predicting nearshore waves of 7 to 8 feet. Really? Um, south winds greater than 20 miles an hour, uh, and then significant rainfall of 6 to 8 inches, and that was the prediction. Based on that prediction, we needed to take prudent measures to manage the road. If we have a weather event that ends up putting a lot of water on the roadway, either through tidal overwash or with rainfall, the road becomes impassable. We get 12 to 16 inches of water on the road and you can't get in and out of the campground. If there was an, a medical emergency or some dire need to get out or into the campground, you wouldn't be able to do that well or effectively with 16 inches of water on the road. So we have to uh, work a plan. We have a severe weather emergency action plan that we keep here at the park. It has a series of triggers in there. When the triggers are met, it causes us to undertake some specific management actions. In this case, two of the three triggers were met for the weekend. So in order to be prudent and be able to ensure that people can be safe and functional, we ended up having to close the road. Um, the weather did not manifest the way that it was predicted and in in essence, it caused us to have a road that could have been passable through the weekend and we wouldn't have had to evacuate the campground. But we didn't know that at the time that we made it the decision. We made it on the best available information we had. Um, but we have a plan in place. We work the plan. It takes out the ambiguity and the uncertainty 
of our decisions, but we have to ensure that the public is safe, that our facilities and resources are safe, and that our staff are safe. No, I, I really appreciate that answer because, you know, for example, I know some people will grumble, well, nothing bad happened. Well, do you remember Sally and Skanska? I mean, you know, you have to prepare for if things go the wrong way. You have to have that plan in place, and you can't both complain Skanska didn't move the barges and then do complain when Fort Pickens does close the campground. I mean, you can't have it both ways. But I also very much appreciate that answer in the sense that the weather that manifests on the mainland may not be the same as the weather that manifests on the island, and that you guys have to think about the vulnerability of Fort Pickens, particularly to overwash, flooding, and an outage, because that's the real key. It's not whether there's a lot of rain anywhere. It's whether that road becomes impassable. No, I, I really appreciate that answer. Thank you uh, for clarifying sure. that. Uh, speaking of Fort Pickens Road, this has been a longstanding concern of mine because— the difficulty of repairing that road and the cost of repairing that road, I know, is an ongoing issue. Back, I don't know, gosh, now, like maybe six or seven years ago, we found out from then-Superintendent Brown that the plan basically was to, the next time that road gets severely damaged, to abandon the road, to turn the campground from an RV-based into, um, you know, boat transport to the island what it would become effectively and then kind of a glamping situation when the secretary of the interior under president trump came in i had him on the show one time we talked with him about this he was horrified about that idea and said no 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 we will be committed to repairing and reopening that road we are of course under a new administration now with the new secretary of the interior so you tell me i don't know where we stand on this what is the current long-term plan for fort pickens road it's a great question, Andrew, and Fort Pickens Road has been a hot topic of discussion since Hurricane Ivan destroyed it back in 2004. The fundamental answer to that question is, is that we will maintain the road as long as it's economically impractical. Um, the, we have spent $50 million maintaining that road since Hurricane Ivan. Wow. Um, I can't speak to what the economic situation will be like or the political will will be like in the future. However, our interest is to maintain that road as it currently is for as long as we practically can. At some point in time, with climate change, sea level rise, and a lot of other factors that are affecting our coastlines around the United States, Fort Pickens Road may see an, a situation where it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, to maintain a road to the island, you know, on the island. Yeah. Um, no one knows exactly if that will happen or when that will happen. So right now what we are doing is we have undertaken a road feasibility study. We started it last April, and that study is to look at engineering options that when the road is lost, either in sections or in totality, and we're able to repair it, that we want to ensure that the repairs are as resilient as they can be to weather. So we may install things like uh, edging, uh, capping on the roads. We may use uh, erosion control measures. We may elevate it in certain places, like a, a bridge kind of a concept. Uh, a variety of engineering options have been evaluated. We are in the process of developing an environmental assessment that will go out for public review this spring. Uh, once that plan is can completed and we have a strategy moving forward, we want to make some long-term repairs to some certain sections of Fort Pickens Road that we know are vulnerable. Uh, that'll help us get prepared for the next event, the next Ivan that may occur. There's a section of Fort Pickens Road just prior to the life-saving station. 
where the Gulf of Mexico is about 80 feet from the roadway. Wow. Uh, it's only about two and a half to three feet higher than the the Gulf of Mexico. So it's not a stretch of the imagination to understand that if Mother Nature chooses, she can place a lot of water over the road, wipe out a mile section of roadway that would prevent people from accessing Fort Pickens for a period of time. That's what we're trying to get prepared for. And so the planning is to help expedite the decisions that need to be made if and when we get another storm or if and when we lose a section or the entirety of the roadway. Well, that's, you know, I find that very encouraging because I remember when this was all about the time when the ferry was going in and the ferry was seen as the alternative. Like we, we can abandon the road because the ferry is in place and all of us thought, oh no, <laughs> that's a terrible plan. But what I hear you saying is that uh, allowing funding and allowing political will, that you're not just hoping and praying, you're really designing around preserving that road in the highest level of functionality pending circumstances that you can. And I appreciate that. It's a very proactive approach. So that's I, I find that to be very encouraging news. I know that I know that you can't promise <laughs> that this will always be true. And if you did, I would know you weren't a reliable resource, and obviously you are based on the way that you're telling me the information. So that's very helpful. Uh, well, Superintendent, uh, great stuff. I hope to have you back on again soon whenever you need to get a message out about what's going on. And then again, Thursday, we have this um, virtual meeting going on to talk about prescribed burns, and we'll put all that information out when we get a little bit closer to the day. But uh, Superintendent, uh, I know we haven't, it's, it's a year and a half late. It's a little bit weird to say it now, but welcome to Pensacola, and uh, thank you for spending some time with us this morning. I appreciate the work that you do to keep our park useful. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be on your show this morning for a little bit and talk a little bit about the park. Um, we look forward to having more conversation. Absolutely. 550 on News Radio 92 3. Um, yeah, no, that's super encouraging news to me about Fort Pickens Road because that's a. That's a big shift from what was being said basically, uh, well, you know, seven years ago or so. Um, and I remember first breaking that story and discovering that that was, you know, that was in the works. Like they were going to just allow Fort Pickens uh, to become an island and allow the road to just kind of go away and turn the campgrounds into, you know, boat access only glamping kind of things I'm like what the <laughs> what? And thank goodness that is not the current expectation or intent. Uh, 551 on News Radio 92.3. Storms right now are on the eastern half of Santa Rosa County. As I said, it's moving pretty quickly through our area. Still getting some lingering uh, rain over the next probably hour or so, but I don't see anything major on the back end of this slice of the storm. So even though we are officially under a tornado wa uh, watch and then uh, watch or warning, watch. It's a watch. Yep, That's stupid right. system. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> just you know. Because how, how can you remember? Anyway, um, uh, Tornado Watch, which is the lower level, and then uh, also under a severe thunderstorm, warning. See? Correct. Mm, okay. Anyway. For another 40 minutes. So for another 40 minutes or so. Very good. I'm Andrew McKay. Hi, guys. If you find yourself in a divorce or you know that one is coming, you're likely stressed about your kids, your finances, and what your future is going to look like when the divorce is over. You're going to need help with this, and I'm here to do that. Whatever you're facing, I can help you get through it. I specialize in helping guys just like you get through difficult divorces. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and trust me, I can help you through this. Just look me up on social media or on the web. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and I'm here to help. Pensacola, Florida. Join Florida Blue Mobile Unit sales and service consultants, Michael Ennis Maris, tomorrow on the Pensacola Expert Panel Show at 9 a.m. as they answer questions about the upcoming January 15th deadline for 2023 healthcare plans with the effective date of February 1. Call or text in your questions to 850-437-1620. 
Spanish-speaking agents are available too. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Hi, this is Earl Ron, president of New South Window, and we would like to manufacture and install your windows. Only New South offers True Factory Direct Windows to you. Only New South has award-winning windows that are made and designed specifically for our Florida weather. Every single New South window is custom manufactured just for your home. These are high-performance, energy-efficient windows, and now you can buy two windows and get the third absolutely free. Visit us at NewSouthWindow.com or call for your factory direct pricing. Call now, 1-800-NEW-WINDOWS. As she stared at me through the window, I realized the time we spent in the backyard on her trailer just wasn't fulfilling. We used to have so much fun on the water, I just couldn't crank her up. But Key Marine did. Fun days on the bay are back. And my Yamaha outboard runs better than ever. Key Marine gets the work done and lets you handle the fun. Key Marine, your Yamaha outboard dealer on Bower Road in Pensacola. Google Key Marine or find them on Facebook. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. They think I'm hiding in the shadows. But I am the shadows. Good morning, 554, News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Uh, Candy has a few headlines for us. Candy? Stock futures are up ahead of the opening bell of their Wall Street's first day uh, of the year ended on a low note. Stocks gave up early gains in volatile trading as recession fears pressured markets. Sell off in Apple shares, a drop in Tesla also weighed in on the broader market at the closing bell. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 11 points. S&P 500 fell 15 points and the Nasdaq dropped 79 points. Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, still in a Cincinnati hospital after having a heart attack during an NFL game. Hamlin's uncle told CNN yesterday that his nephew remains sedated and is on a ventilator. And uh, he's said to be in critical condition after collapsing on the field, of course, during Monday night's game against the Bengals. And The View is paying tribute to the show's creator, Barbara Walters. Pioneering broadcaster died on Friday at the age of 93. Tuesday's show co-host Whoopi Goldberg said she's the reason that they're all sitting there today. And Joy Behar called her the original role model for everybody else. Uh, and, yeah. you know, you're not really a somebody in the United States unless you're made fun of on Saturday Night Live. Hey, isn't that true? <laughs> and Baba Wawa. Baba Wawa, that's, that's right. right. And then Sherry O'Terry, too. Absolutely. Yeah. 555, Candy, thanks so much for the yeah, update. Sure, um, what else do we have? Got? Oh, <laughs> so, I don't know why, but the New York Post has become one of my favorite, like, places that i go for great headlines well it's it's a conservative (laughs) paper okay so it's like fox news in print and sometimes even more than that and because they're slightly the conservative newspaper um i mean i know the wall street journal is a better conservative newspaper but um you know significantly better conservative newspaper but also because they're like halfway between fox news and like the sun and in fact they even refeed a lot of the stories from the sun they might even be the same ownership group um, if I remember correctly. Anyway, and the sun is like this super tabloid in Britain where they used to have the page three girls and all that stuff. Anyway, so you get all kinds of crazy stuff from the New York Post. And one of the things that came across the New York Post, headline of the article, are you ready? This is one of those just 
you won't be expecting where this is going to go, but here it goes. I stopped taking the pill. Now I'm gay. <laughs> that was the headline. And this was from what the pill. What pill were they taking? This is the contraceptive pill. This oh, is the, the pill. Yeah, the pill. So this is from a TikTok that this 30, I think, year old woman did with her like 24 year old girlfriend. You, you listen. I got off the pill last year. Boom. Lesbian. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I got off the pill last year. Boom. Lesbian. <laughs> All right. I got off the pill last year. Boom. Lesbian. Oh. <laughs> so I'm still on the pill. And now that I'm planning to get off it because I ain't going to get preg. <laughs> what happens if I'm then not attracted to her anymore? Because that's some bull. So curious to know, is this actually a thing? So the one woman gets off the pill, finds she's not interested in men anymore. The um. other one is on the pill because she's with, I guess, everybody. And now she's only with this woman and so she's thinking about getting off the pill because no word about getting preggish she says sure and she's worried that if she gets off the pill maybe it'll change her desires and listen they they talked to some doctors who basically said well here's the thing the pill is a massive disruption of some pretty important hormonal systems in your body sure it's not surprising you might have some weird stuff happen when you go off it i i will tell you I, I am not a fan of the pill. Um, I've seen, and, and for all kinds of reasons, things like uh, if you, this is not science. I'm not asserting that it's no, science. No, I can't I'm not wait to weigh in it. on this topic. Go ahead. But <laughs> I know, and uh, when did the pill become prominent? And when did we have the massive result? When did we have the massive rise in breast cancer in this country? I can't prove they're connected. There's been studies to look at it. I, but I'm just saying, you look at the, and it was the high dose in the beginning, and then it went to the low dose, Right. Um, you have, I know lots of women who go off the pill and get miscarriages. Lots, lots of women go off the pill and get miscarriages. It's a massive disruption, a pretty core system of your body, right? It's not surprising it would have some effects. Would it affect who you like? Of Sure. In fact, even it can affect like how you relate to smells, how you relate to other inputs in your body. So maybe you're attracted to these people and not attracted to those people or your body adjust. This is now this is pretty extreme. Okay. Um, and it does sort of argue against the whole born a certain way kind of idea. But listen, you can't just disrupt your body's core systems for, a, you know, years and years and years. I have some consequence to that. Anyway, this is a thought. Candy, you, you seem like you wanted to weigh in. but Oh, I don't have 10 seconds to weigh in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Maybe some Pill saved we'll my life, back. and it wasn't because I was not trying and, to get and pregnant. And by the way, so. she went on it originally because of uh, period regulation. Oh, great. For that reason. Local talk during the day with Jenna Barr, 9 to 11, is on. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.